0: Well, hello everybody. To you know what I, I think I'm going to kind of change the name of this show here because for a oh. while it was what?
1: Oh, I'm just saying. Whoa, that's news.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I I just startled myself with that. I'm changing the name. Of this show. well, the reason is because of it be, originally being the variety pond and usually that would mean there's a variety of things we're talking about the thing is i have a movie show i have a gaming show and i could just bring in like old movie talk there and, and when regarding life of other crazy things that happen, i mean that's something i talk about with my co-hosts regardless of what show mm-hmm. so and this that we've done a lot of retro reviews we've done a lot of tv talk it, it, it kind of It makes me feel like the the branding of this show needs to be different. For what this will be, that is something that I am still deciding on. I'll probably come up with it as I upload it. All right. Uh, This is the question mark show (laughs) (laughs) Uh, for what it's worth. But, you know, we've talked a lot about past movies that would come out years ago and then also... TV TV talk. Oh, you know, what? maybe I could just call it that. TV talk or Pond's TV talk. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm still thinking about it. What are the cases today? Uh, we got lots of big, actually, like blockbuster level television this month regarding for the Star Wars fans. You got the Mandalorian season two, and I'm actually also going to throw in Star Wars Resistance. I saw that, so I'll be talking about that. Uh, But first, probably the most immediate one out of all of them is The Return of Animaniacs, an old 90s cartoon that would be on WB and on Fox Kids and everything. Do you remember Animaniacs?
1: Uh, No, I do not. Um, I mostly watched PBS and Disney Channel growing up, so I never saw it. I was familiar with it. I was especially familiar with Pinky and the Brain. I had a friend who really liked that. but This was my first time seeing the Animaniacs
0: interesting that is very interesting but for one of the cases this was a show through it that happened like from 1993 to 1998 and you know it ended for years and years the actors wanted to keep keep going with these characters and now they finally get to do that on hulu which is weird because this is a warner brothers property so you think okay this should be on hbo max like all the other wb stuff but There's some weird contracts with how these distributions work. Mm -hmm. uh, Some of these properties that were Warner Brothers, they're on Hulu and other platforms as well. But yeah, a lot of TV because really a lot of people are tuning into TV. TV shows have become more loved and popular now because studios now have bigger budgets. They can go crazy with whatever they want to make. It's no longer just the hallmark channel of your spy thrillers, not spy thrillers, your crime shows or your uh, sitcoms. They're getting to make almost movie level entertainment in the form of a television show. And that's, what's really incredible about TV today, but that is what we have on the show. How are you doing? What's been going on with you, Lauren?
1: Um, Not much, just still going to work. I'm trying to be more careful with the coronavirus oh, because yes. it's it's spiking again here in Texas. I've been trying to limit, you know, my trips to the grocery and things like that. How have you been doing?
0: Uh, it's interesting you say that because my family wants to visit my my relatives up in Wisconsin. By then, COVID will be even more because I, I hear the next two months are going to be like the spike of COVID is going to climb up through the winter. So
1: this is for um, Christmas then that they're planning the visit?
0: Christmas, Christmas. which people are recommending not to do. So I'm seeing how that could work out, but I don't know. But yeah, Thanksgiving gatherings, all that. Like there are people who just don't want to let that go. So I mean, I don't think cases are going to go down for these last two months. But now that we got a more responsible Leader uh, coming in the works, not here just yet. You know, hopes things the hope to be better. We we don't know that for sure. I mean, we we don't know what uh, the next president's gonna be uh, like or how he's gonna run things. The mm-hmm. hope is better than the one that we have right now, that is nearing his end, his mm-hmm. term. Which I'm sure a lot of people are. Yeah, that's the thing. Is last month we did this. This was before the elections, and well. Two of the shows that we'll be talking about are very political. So I mean I'm sure uh you have thoughts on Joe Biden winning, which that happened in the middle of my extra live stream as well.
1: Right. And I'm sorry, I did want to attend that, but um something came up with a friend of mine. So um You know what? I wound up not being able to attend, but it looked like a great time.
0: You know what? I will tell you we actually have a part two of this coming. Uh
1: oh good, good. I don't want to miss that one. <laughs> well,
0: I, I will I will let you know about that at the end of this, but I mean go ahead what you're saying about Joe Biden.
1: Oh, well, I didn't have anything to say about oh, Joe Biden. Okay. I'm just glad the election's over. Um yeah, I'm- Cause like, like, you know, I follow politics and it's just been going this whole election season for like two years, people looking forward to this election. So I'm just glad we can move on, I guess, to the next thing. Well, we
0: haven't yet. Cause yeah, that's the thing is Joe Biden hasn't been able to be president yet. Cause our old president is being a jerk, uh, not letting him in or he's doing something. He's like sabotaging the white house
1: or something. I think he'll take his term when he's supposed to in yeah. January. I, I don't I think he's he's being whiny now, but I think that it will go as planned. I hope so.
0: Yeah, I I, dear, I did hear that like right after uh, uh, Trump's term that he's supposed to go to trial for some uh un, like unfinished cases and possibly go to jail. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Hope good things will happen in 2021. That's what people are saying. 2021 will be the, the new year. I don't, I don't know. Why do we even think about 2021 anyway? We we got the Animaniacs. They're back. It's interesting because I've been following that project, at least hearing about them doing a reboot. And with, with reboots, you know, you either love them or you hate them. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And uh, within the, the case of Animaniacs, who is working on this? Well, originally, this was a show back in the mid-90s that was uh, an answer, or at least it was after, after this uh, particular animator worked on basically little spinoffs of other uh, Warner Brothers cartoons, such as Tiny Toons, for example, which that's getting a reboot. They're bringing Tiny Toons back.
1: I've never even heard of Tiny Toons.
0: Tiny, so Tiny, you, do you know Muppet Babies and like what? What's a? Oh yeah, I've
1: seen Muppet Babies.
0: Well, not Muppet Babies. Okay, probably a better represent. Probably a, so. Some,
1: it's like are they babies?
0: They're not babies. Is that the idea? They're like teens. They're going through they're, well, not teens. They're kids going through the school. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it's like all. But it's like babies.
1: the same characters but younger.
0: Younger, yeah, and th- there's some other characters added too. Like there's this a bully I, I forgot his name maybe it's max and then there's like this crazy girl that always like squeezes like all the animals uh he's kind of like uh okay i forgot what would be a good i haven't seen tiny tunes in so long it's going to be interesting to see how that comes back but no tiny tunes was it's yeah again another spinoff like some of these other warner brothers cartoons and
1: so it's a reboot of a spinoff wow
0: well, well well well
1: they like that ip i guess <laughs> i
0: guess i i guess i you know what i don't remember much of tiny tunes so it's i am I'm, I'm curious to see it the tiny tunes reboot they got going on all i remember is i played that ps1 tiny tunes game I, I would have to go back and watch Tiny Toons, and maybe that, that's why it's been so long. It was, like, I think in the 80s. But it was, like, at the same time they did uh, Tom and Jerry when they were kids. Yeah, they had, like, a Tom oh, okay. Jerry spinoff where Tom was, like, a little kid with a backwards hat. <laughs> I forgot the name of it, but it's from... Yeah, they even had Scooby-Doo. They had a lot of familiar Warner Brothers and other, like iconic cartoon characters as kids that was just the theme back in the 80s and early 90s so the cr- the original creator is Tom uh, Ruger, Ruger and he wanted to make a show that was like Looney Tunes in a way but had its own satirical cynical edge to it and I, what I mean cynical is that they satirize a lot of different things regarding politics regarding entertainment regarding so many other things going on in the world and they they, while educating kids at the same time and the characters yakko wacko and dot they're their own bugs bunny because they spend the episodes just making a fool out of different uh wacky characters or the most popular one is dr scratch and sniff yeah some other crazy characters too and that was a big deal in the 90s because there wasn't really too much like it it did so much interesting satire of blending in between a show that kids will enjoy but having so many jokes that will fly over children's heads and that are kind of a little bit mean spirit a little bit (laughs) uh You know they make fun of Hollywood, and uh, actually, in the intro of the show, I think I remember in the song they had a joke about Bill Clinton using the saxophone.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came out of the Friends fountain. It was like yeah, like um a nineties thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, you're wondering, okay, is did all right? So now we got a twenty twenty re kind of a reboot and i I'd say that with a big question mark only that the, it's got the same exact cast i mean rob paulson jess uh, and harnell and tress mcneil the voices of the three main characters and i mean frank uh, welker is also a big voice actor in the show that comes back too. they bring back characters that are voice actors that you already known for so long uh, from their old show and oh okay so are you rebooting as in they're, this is a brand new story and like hey they are uh, reintroduced to a new audience and that's not what happens either in this 2020 version it, it's interesting what I will say before going into it who is the people who uh worked on the 2020 version it's mostly the entire production crew who developed the original show except for the creator himself because what happened is they didn't tell him about this project and then yeah they didn't tell him that they were making a, a 2020 version then once he found out they're like oh well Hey, if you you can audition and submit a script and to possibly have it be mm-hmm. one of the episodes, <laughs> I was like, wow, that is that is so wrong. I even said it in like an interview. Yeah, I'm not auditioning for a show I created. You, you guys do whatever the heck you want. I'm out of here. Uh, so no, he did not come back. But everybody else, like the the music composer of the original show, the some of the writers, now the animator for this is actually. The guy who worked on the uh, Green Eggs and Ham Netflix show—I never seen that, but I hear there was a animated Green Eggs and Ham series that you can find on Netflix. But that—that's the animator for this. And what—what I—I guess is the 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 premise is Yakko, Wacko, and Dot—they come back somehow. Yeah. They don't explain what had happened to them. <laughs> One could assume maybe Steven Spielberg just reanimated them as.
1: Yeah, that's what they said. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Which that opening, that opening uh, skit was hilarious. Like that uh, Jurassic Park parody. I think that's one of the things that works about Animaniacs uh, is when they use exaggerated versions of celebrities or political figures. Uh, I mean, before even the they speak of dialogue you can just see the silliness uh that they endure from just looking at these characters Uh, they have a lot of fun just making goofy looking uh people Mm -hmm. but regarding after that it's like okay we're back and look how much everything has changed and they even have a song number about it which in that they even reveal that the writer's Wrote the songs and everything in 2018, so they have no idea how relevant this is. There's a lot of political commentary, mainly something that could be perceived as super liberal, because they have a lot of feminism jokes. They have a lot of shots at Trump, and well, they have one on Hillary Clinton, but mostly it's like it it is very, very, very liberal and that might turn some people off and i don't mean like people who are conservative. well i mean it will turn them off too i mean if fox news fox news should like i i, I kind of want fox news to actually cover this they because they roast the heck out of their uh star person uh tuck Car- tuck carlson tucker mm-hmm. what is his name
1: tucker carlson yeah
0: yeah which that part was funny but i i don't think anything animaniacs could do would really top when Tucker Tucker carlson he uh went off on uh elmo i believe yeah it was like mm-hmm. a couple months ago elmo elmo had like right. a little short about uh talking to his dad hey what are you doing why are you going out and protesting well mm-hmm because the the black community they've not seen equal right and they just cut back to tucker carlson, carlson and he is pissed he is pissed at these puppets talking about equal rights and i will i that made me laugh but also in in kind of an embarrassment like oh my gosh man you were like 30 or 40 years old and these puppet, these puppets on a children's show are pissing you off for telling ridiculous me. yeah so there isn't anything that animaniacs could do that kind of leveled with the re- silliness that already is going on in the uh, the real political world and that could be an issue But that also depends on how they continue this because uh, they also mentioned in the the new version of this song that they've uh, signed a contract and you see on the contract, there's two seasons. So they are pointing it out there, there is going to be a season two. First of all, I mean, how do you feel about this? The the fact that you never even grew up with uh, Animaniacs?
1: Yeah, I liked like the silly jokes more than the political ones, I think. Those just kind of had me like, uh because I don't know. But um, I like the silly ones, like the guard in the Warner Brothers lot. He he was reading a magazine called like Comic Foil Monthly. And I thought that was really funny. Like I thought there were some really good jokes in here. Um,
0: oh, yeah. they. Were. I
1: yeah, I I'm, I kind of think the whole thing of like, oh, we're poking fun of this thing, but we are this thing can be a little tiresome. So that made me roll my eyes a bit when they'd like to dig- their whole musical number about reboots, but um, it was pretty fun. I think that like for a kid, it would be good. What do you think?
0: Well, yeah, regarding that, that's kind of what I was saying is uh, at the beginning when they kind of are self-aware of everything and the reboot song, I really enjoyed. My problem is the episodes following that they spend quite a few times making callbacks to the original and talking about oh this is a reboot and in, in this reboot we're doing this and this reboot we're doing that
1: mm-hmm.
0: and yeah that does get old I mean the effect of hey if we acknowledge it then it's got to be funny and I'm like right always work but mm-hmm. yeah I never was in the, I was in the sort of the sense that man there are some amazing jokes here some that are extremely mean I mean, some of the celebrities, they make fun of, like, Seth Meyers, that one, at the very beginning. I, I was like, holy crud. Like, that that, was that, that was that was—that a ballsy You, bully, uh, you thought
1: that was mean? I thought he was literally voiced by Seth Meyers. I thought he was- No, you know. that
0: was not Seth Meyers. That was Rob uh, Paulson.
1: Oh, okay. No, it sounded just not. like him. I thought he was voicing himself.
0: No, no, that was not. No, he had no- He is not even credited- uh, <laughs> uh,
1: okay I looked it up you're right wow well he did a good Seth Meyers impression
0: yeah yeah so it was a
1: good excuse to do that
0: <laughs> that's a thing out of all people who are just glad that there's more Animaniacs that's Rob Paulson because he lives off of this show ever since the show ended he's never let go of his character Yakko Uh, or Mm Yakko Wacko what are the cases Uh, he would always I
1: don't know who was who
0: (laughs) well no Yakko sorry because I I, I, because their names are sounding so similar sometimes I do get that mixed up but no Yakko is the one voiced by Rob Paulson uh, who also voices Pinky and Pinky the Brain and some other characters as well he, he's a, an amazing voice actor who has just been in the game for so long like he's a voiced, i think a thousand characters from several different cartoons movies and uh, video games as well like if you go through his list he, he has voiced in some shows that you've watched and then he even even would say he would say it in a, in a interview he's voiced so many characters that he doesn't even remember most of the things he's voiced for uh and and, i mean i would get that if you voiced a thousand characters that's hard to keep track of but one he would always remember and just love talking about and that's being yakko and animaniacs he would sing the uh yakko's world where yakko just sings about all the different countries, like, as fast as possible. That's been such a memorable song, because uh, in my history class, we would actually learn some history by watching Animaniacs and some of their musical Mm -hmm. numbers back from the 90s version. And Yakko's World was one of them. Whatever Rob Paulson would go on an interview, he would always sing Yakko's World. He would always pretend (laughs) to be uh, Yakko... When they were, they would do table reads of certain, uh, they, on conventions, they wouldn't get these voice actors to do table reads of, uh, hey, you know what, pretend to be this character. And Rob polson just really loves Animaniacs. He even has a podcast called Talking Tunes. And the intro of that podcast, the animated intro, is pretty much almost like a knockoff of Animaniacs he like i i would say he would go he would go see his grandkids and he would be singing like everything else and uh, he would be going hey kids it's ann and the <laughs> uh, the kids would be like what's grandpa talking about
1: <laughs>
0: and yeah he would probably be like oh crud okay i i gotta make this we gotta make this happen like like it's almost a condition i don't mean i mean that in a good way that he really loves this show
1: i love when that happens i love when you know actors or creators really really do love what they work on i think it's very sweet
0: well yeah and i when you read listen to some of the interviews of the voice actor he's even talked about how he's Face some tragedies uh in his life uh, before animaniacs and he's had, some of his best friends are people other cast members of the show so it's very heartwarming just to know how much the these actors in their 50s and 60s just want to come back and play these characters again which they do a good job at even though you can't if you were to compare the 90s and the 2020 version you do hear that their voices do sound a little older e- even though they're still mm. the same i mean that that's that that's almost like something you can't escape but right uh, otherwise i mean otherwise that's i am i think they all do a great job I, I mean that also need why it should be explained what happened to them after all these years uh because it for them to just Kind of like, you know what, we're, we're back. We're going to continue things as normal. It's weird when you listen to them and you're like, no, they don't sound like they just came back uh, a second ago. And there was even a story with the original creator that he wanted to do a sequel where every, everybody got older and like things changed in the Warner Brothers studio. I have no idea if that original idea would have worked with this just because I'm also remembering other shows that have done that, like uh, Rugrats All Grown Up. Yeah, there was a Rugrats sequel where all the Rugrats uh, babies, they were teenage, they were high school kids.
1: Oh, I've seen that, yeah. Yeah,
0: and uh, and I don't think people liked it, but I don't know. Like, I, I I honestly, I don't know who would have the better vision of it. But what I have to say is that Even when things aren't working, and there are plenty of times where these jokes get out of hand, as you mentioned, the political humor, it it is tired, the the feminism jokes. After a while, I'm like, okay, stop. Like, really, really stop. If you are, like, a super liberal, yeah, you will fall in love with the show. Really, this reminds me a little bit of Stephen Colbert with his late night because he would have so many skits and all of them would just be ranting about Trump by inserting Trump into things that have nothing to do with them like Pokemon for example or that Mm -hmm. naked butt and I'm like okay we get Trump sucks Trump sucks like how how many Mm -hmm. times could you just yeah yeah and even though they don't do it as much as Stephen Colbert I do get that feeling of you're kind of running some of this to the ground and just saying that isn't going to make it more funny when they're off that and it's not just it's not all the political jokes I think don't work. there there's some that I thought were hilarious. Uh, I mean they they go to Russia at one point, which again is another mean-spirited jab at Russia but there's the, there's this whole like funny copycat that they do. also with the whole interviews. They did like a QA parody of mm-hmm. what happened in the second season. I thought I laughed really hard at that, uh, especially one of the news, one of the news, uh, one of the news uh, cast is called uh, uh, the Daily Butt Kisser. And what, but that wasn't the funny, the funniest part is when just things just got really crazy out of nowhere. Like they got locked up in cages for for asking too many questions about season two yeah and them wanting to them spending all their money on pancake like that's the thing is when it's not working it's replaced by just something really weird where there's never a point where i'm bored or i'm like looking away from the screen because i'll tell you there's some weak episodes but they're still entertaining because they keep my attention even when they are not making any sense And they make a joke about gun control and it goes into an anime action scene out of nowhere. But that's also another thing. I, I think with the next season, you got to stop trying to be timely because when they mentioned, yeah, this is 2018 and we don't know what happens in 2020. I think it's important to talk about gun control. You know, if you want to put jabs at Donald Trump and the, the political elections, that's something that should not be like n- old news because when the pandemic is over, the topic of gun control is going to come back again. Like the reason you're not seeing as many mass shootings is because, well, we got a pandemic now, which is also as, some, as a show that wants to be on, on time. It's also kind of, all right, well, you're talking about gun control right now. We're dealing with a pandemic.
1: Plus, I don't want to be lectured on gun control by some guy named Yakko yeah like, that that's not what i sign up for like there's a time and place for like thoughtful explorations of that in media but your name is yakko
0: <laughs> well the thing is animaniacs has always had political commentary they're not just like teaching kids about political history but they would jabs at other things as well and mm-hmm. in hollywood so i get it if you want to take jabs at the current political climate but that's the thing is you're taking jabs at things that happened two years ago and there have been so many crazy things since then but i'm not saying don't talk about gun control bring it back up because i mean it's we can't we shouldn't ignore the people who have died over mass shootings and we should think about controlling guns Especially with a new president, we need to hold him to task that he's going to make all these uh, law or make all these uh, refinements that our other president failed to do. But the fact that you're focused on this and not not uh, the pandemic, it it is kind of odd, and that's why I think season two just focus more on just being odd and having just fun silly commentary making all these crazy characters too like i think the strongest episodes is when you have all these original uh, characters the three are messing around with there are so many really fun villains that they introduce in the second season between like the olympics and their own like uh cartoon hunting they have a lot of fun with some of these characters they bring up either old and new that i think hey you know what season two i think we just kind of balance balance this political commentary out with more of the satire of other things and more of yakko wacko and dot just interacting with original characters and some of the original skits that you're coming up with because they introduce new characters or new character skits and i think hey you know what it's cool that you're bringing new characters in all right yeah some of the old ones they're not here but i'm fine with that if you're bringing in something different uh go for it and they only have them once so it's hard to say whether or not these characters like the the gnome uh who goes inside people's mouths or (laughs) alien trying to uh contact his friends like i don't know if those are one time only skits or those new characters then the pinky in the brain when we get to pinky in the brain i thought that got a little repetitive as much as i enjoy those two on screen and there are plenty of great jokes that they put throughout the picking a brain uh, portions the plots behind them they're all the same and but but
1: hasn't that always been the case that he always always wants to take over the world
0: yeah that's always been the case and he fails each time but it's also like all right yeah, I, I get that. That's what his character is supposed to be. But what I'm trying to say is they introduce things in Pinky the Brain that I'm like, okay, I want to see a follow up to the ending of that episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Instead of let's just go back to, hey, let's get it, bring up a new scheme that I'm going to predict is not going to go over well. <sighs> like with the Hillary Clinton mouse, there, there's a little twist at the end. I'm like, I want to see what happens next with that. But the following episodes don't pick that back up. So, w- w- with the next season, I mean, it's great to have just uh, random skits, but uh, w- with all the episodes you got that are almost like a sequel to another episode, I want to see that explored more. And I love that at the end, when they at- finally address why does Pinky want to, no, why does Brain want to take over the world, which is been interesting little character growth and as series as mainly, mainly just to be silly. Mm-hmm. i i like i mean i really enjoyed the show you know as a fan i i think it's you know it brings back what makes the show great for the most part uh, there's some things to work on i mean hey bounce some things out uh tie it up to the jokes and you know all all that because now that you've had a first season and you let people know that you're back the the second season shouldn't be just more of hey we're back we're doing this again Uh, no let's let's do something new with these characters Mm -hmm. and uh i'm i'm looking forward to what happens next uh i yeah i'd give it a regular good i had a fun time with it yeah so
1: i'll agree with you i said it's pretty good
0: uh now uh let's see oh yeah the mandalorian which is the other big show of what people are talking about when they go to disney plus there are some people who just really do not like Disney Plus, or they, for some, for them, they're like, there's nothing on Disney Plus except The Mandalorian, which I disagree. But hey, you know what? There are people, who, they just want to see Marvel and, and Star Wars. And hey, you right. Know there you go. The Mandalorian season one happened. There are fans who loved it like crazy. I, I thought it was, I thought it was uh, good when it, focuses on its own path Mm -hmm. through the middle of the first season of the Mandalorian, it stumbled really hard. And it basically just had all the tropes of what I did not appreciate with these uh, sequel movies and something that in the second season, it seemed like it was going to start out that way. What what we have on the plot, the story for the season two is that, after uh, Man Mando or the Mandalorian, he uh, decide or he figures out what his actual mission is. Uh, with this kid, child is that he's he's got to deliver the baby, baby Yoda or the child, as mentioned in the show, to the Jedi, which in Star Wars lore are mortal enemies with, or at least they've not had the greatest relationship with these uh, bounty hunters so he, she he's got to go on this quest to find the jedi and deliver baby yoda to him before the empire or any bad uh, or any terrible thing uh, any sort of doug or anybody who is trying to you know has something to gain from stealing the child you know and keep it out of wrong or the wrong hands and that's where we get into season two. I have said something where when the first episode happened, I'd, I referenced a line from one of the Star Wars sequel movies, but where Kylo Ren was like, uh, kill the past. Or no, let let the past die. Kill it if you have to. Mm-hmm. And I think that quote is maybe one of the most important quotes in recent star wars because that's been the biggest issue with star wars today with the sequel movies and even the parts of mandalorian that i didn't think work and that's trying to be very heavy with fan service and like not even not even being its own thing like not even having its own story which the sequel trilogy is like hey let's just redo the original trilogy hey remember the TIE Fighters and the X-Wings, oh my gosh, you you remember when Star Wars was on the big screen, I'm like, well, there's so many blockbusters like Star Wars. I I know that's going to make some people mad, but I'm sorry, I I don't think Star Wars is unique, at least today. Uh, I've not been the biggest fan of these sequel movies, but uh, Lorian, I don't know what you have on Star Wars, probably not although on twitter you would make a lot of like uh twitter jokes about star wars like you would name yourself like kylo lauren or what what?
1: well yeah because it was it was timely it was topical um and and it sounds like my name my name is lauren so it's like kylo ren it was just a joke i haven't seen most of them um they seem okay i really don't have an opinion either way on star wars
0: (laughs) No, that's fine. Like, I, uh, I I, have people who would ask, hey, you know, I've never seen Star Wars, and my boyfriend's telling me I got to go see Star Wars. And I, I'm like, if you've not seen Star Wars, then just, just bail out. Don't even enter in. Uh, I mean, I'd say that as someone who grew up loving Star Wars, and it's gotten to the point i'm not saying oh my gosh it's not the star wars i remember well okay i things change I, i'm perfectly fine with that but it's just that there has not been a narrative direction with the series it's just been mm-hmm. like they disney bought star wars just to say hey let, let's let give people nostalgia boners hey remember luke and the jedi and the force and all that yeah. and i'm like well isn't star wars a galaxy far far away and that's just been a big thing is it, it's been so tied to just referencing the original trilogy giving those like nostalgia tinkles that it's not ever once tried to be its own thing or at least if it did only very so slightly that has just been a huge even like the last jedi which has divided people and there are people who love it and think man this is brilliant i like no this is just episode five and six just mashed together occasionally there's gonna be someone saying gotcha we're doing this instead but to me that doesn't really that's not really a clever way to write a twist and with with in the rise of Skywalker, yeah, that's the thing. Is like my family would always go, okay, every year we gotta bring the family together to watch Star Wars, and yeah. and they stopped that. Like after the Last Jedi, and they're like, you know what? Okay, what about uh, uh 1917? Let's go see that together. Yeah. Star Wars has just turned into Kingdom Hearts. Uh, basically no i'm kidding because i i'm not not kidding because we had a discussion about with uh me and rihanna we had a discussion about kingdom hearts having another game and i'm like well you can't even like explain what happened to the third game and the uh dollar dlc because everything is just so convoluted And that's the same with this too. It's like, okay, you need to not just watch the movies. You need to watch the TV show. You need to read the books in order to get everything that happened in The Rise of Skywalker. As someone who has done maybe even a little bit of that, I'm like, no, it doesn't make any sense why they just bring back uh, Emperor Palpatine. He was behind this whole thing. But yeah, there's a lot of stupid things in in these movies. So that's why I, I just say screw the sequel trilogy i don't care if i make people mad but anyway the mandalorian is better than that because we are doing an original story this is its own thing and it's in another part of the galaxy about a bounty hunter who's trying to prove his worth to his clan and uh just getting the job done and now he's found heart from a cute little baby yoda now he's learning to be a dad as he takes the child over to the Jedi. And at first I was like, okay, this is just marketing for a toy. I mean, they have Baby Yoda plushies. Some people don't even recognize the Mandalorian. When they watch the Mandalorian, they watch the Mandalorian to see Baby Yoda. But with the season two, they were able to find both ways. Now say when it started the first episode, it was still kind of going in that territory of Star Wars. I don't appreciate like they... They make a lot of references to uh, Boba Fett, which in the original trilogy died and got eaten by a, uh, a little monster or what they call the, the uh, Space Worm or something. Oh, I forgot what it was. Oh, the Rancor Pit. That, that, that bounty hunter got chewed up by a beast in the sand. And in the first episode, no, he's back. No, he's alive and i'm like oh, okay are, are you gonna are you gonna explain this and it's possible they could explain it write it well i mean i had to think about it and remember darth Maul, who got chopped in half in the phantom menace and they gave him a great character arc in the animated shows so if they could bring back a character that the original trilogy didn't do too much with and kind of right and better all right i'm up for that even though i'm still not on board with reviving dead characters i think that's just an easy out especially as with the emperor with the emperor that 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 was bad but when it came to the second third and fourth episode that's when i was like okay now i see what's going on here and it made the first episode to me, better, even though it was still kind of cheesy. I mean, it, it still felt a little bit like an anime. There was a part where Mando goes into the worm and and then comes back out with electrical shots and everything. Uh, like, he, I, I thought that was cheesy, but I was rolling along with the stuff that was going on after that. And what I really liked about this is that this is almost like a reference to... Old westerns mm. like more so than trying to be like the old Star Wars trilogy. This is taking a lot of hints from some, some that like Gene Wilder, not Gene Wilder, some old like 60s and 70s cowboy western shows, but kind of putting it in space and just seeing him go through all these different scenarios and and seeing that build between him just him trying to t- teach. Uh, the child what to do what not to do you kind of see you you see this guy who's otherwise a cold killer you see him kind of learn some other things about himself and i mean for a character who mostly you don't ever see his face except for one time in the last season they briefly show in his face but outside of that he, he just remains uh, in like having that helmet on him So he's kind of a mysterious character, but it's a sweet little take on the lone wolf cut, the wolf and the cub. I mean, there's so many stories kind of like this. I mean, The Last of Us, other things about taking a young chosen character all the way across something. But I like the later episodes where they've done so much more world building, where you got to see that Rebels... Who in the movies they're known as just the, the good guys. They're the heroes of the, the they're the ones to stop the evil empire and, and save the galaxy. They're kind of jerks too. Mm-hmm. In in the second episode, they became like they they had they became like uh, controllers of this uh, sector. No, I wouldn't say they're total jerks, but they are kind of bossing people around. It's like, hey, you what you can't go in here without. An identification without uh an ID that that's kind of uh, crazy. Just to think that the rebellion they defeat the empire only to become their own, well not an empire but only to kind of control people themselves. And even though they're not as aggressive and as uh, uh, devious as the empire, they're still kind of bossing people around. And I'm like, all right. So you see that no matter who wins the war of these fights. Both of them are not going to, uh, both of them are kind of uh, trying to be like a little too uh, uh, con- or controlling of things. And uh, that, that there's some other great world building like that in these first four episodes. But also you see for a show that's by Disney, uh, you would think, okay, well, the movies, they did a lot of things that were aimed at kids. And I mean, especially The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, they had like cute sidekick characters. And there's a part where they went to a casino and there was like a singing uh choir lady and a lot of goofy stuff happening. And this they make Star Wars a little bit more darker. Because when man when the Mandalorian kills people, oh he kills people. And then the beginning of it, he he tied someone to a lamppost and set it on fire and just walked away as he got eaten alive by like wild dogs and even though it's a little blurry so they don't make it you know it's still Mm pd-13 but you would know that this guy isn't afraid to kill people in the the coldest of ways and that even continues on when you go even to the third episode in the doc now all these people that he kills they had a coming these are stupid like grunts these are thugs that don't even like think of anything like that there are there are people that you look at and go like okay you you are you are built to die because of how stupid you are in the third episode some of these thugs they just they throw the mandalorian into the water to try to get him uh, swallowed up by this creature because uh, they they tricked him into thinking that they could bring him into or have him see the jedi because that's his mission and they th- these bad guys they were so dumb like not just the the bandits and all the thieves and thugs and killers but when you get to an episode where they have to fight the empire and that's even in the third episode and the fourth episode where are has to help some people out and raiding a uh, empire outpost and discovering things that are going on Uh, post because this takes place after a new or uh return the jedi so it's like between the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy movies you look at the empire and you're like no the empire is kind of dumb too like there are so many people i know they love they love the empire for some reason they're like rebel scum down with the rebellion and they love dressing up as stormtroopers and watching this and the other star wars show i'm like why these are some of the dumbest bad guys ever because these stormtroopers they they are terrible shots i mean just as they are in the movies but not only that like they get themselves killed from some of the dumbest things like someone throws a grenade and what the does the stormtroopers do they they don't go like oh look it's a great run or they try to kick it back or anything they stare at it they're like oh what is this thing i'm like oh oh my god i just don't get it how you could be with the empire like these the reason why the empire keeps losing because they're led by i mean this is an army of dumb people (laughs) i i mean i'm sending their best like they they go. You the, I've watched shows where they talk about all the, this training that the and the stormtroopers go through. I don't know what that training went to because when you see them in action, they go down like nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I'm gonna get to the other Star Wars show, but there's a part where <laughs> they, a stormtrooper is like, "Freeze! You're under arrest." And the other just a, and it's not even like a a train like rebellion or or what have you it's just a kid and he just pulls the gun and just takes it from him i'm like what yeah these these, these the empire they're kind of dumb but uh yeah all they sell is like power and fear but yeah, you you get yourselves butt kicked by just about anybody and that you kind of see that in the third and fourth episode when they come across the empire and even and, and just casually toss stormtrooper is over a cliff in the fourth episode but uh yeah i i will say that where this leads to at the end of the fourth episode it does get me very excited about what what's to come in the second half but it does get me a little bit nervous because i said this about the first season that it started off really strong within the first three episodes but then when you go after that then that's when it starts to well i i hope not because so far season two seems to be more focused than the first one even as cheesy as it can be and it certainly can not even just with some of the dialogue but even the effects uh they got like a frog a frog civilian that that mando has to escort from one place to another and then after that frog civilian is saved and gets uh, reunited with the family, you get to see that frog family and the kids. they are these like little uh, tadpole toys that you see are being controlled on a stick. And like you see Baby Yoda's playing with them. It seems like Baby Yoda is playing with like a, a almost like a toy, like a pet's toy instead of like a, an actual like creature. But, I mean, that's because this show wants to be practical uh, just as much as CG, so even that's where Baby Yoda, Yoda is a puppet. Like, you, when you see Baby Yoda move around, he's moving around like a puppet, like uh, all that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it. I would give it a regular good, because uh, even at its best, it's still, like, people call this the greatest show ever. I still think The Boys Season 2, like, Goes leaps around the show, not by effects, but by storytelling and just kind of having a smart script. I think this is just fun and uh, definitely exciting to watch. But if you're someone going into this and you uh, don't really even pay attention to the the animated show, you're also gonna get maybe a little bit lost because they have characters from the anime clone wars appear in this show in live action as uh, actual like characters part of the story. And they give you like a brief background of what happened to them, but you don't really get to know them unless if you go back and watch that animated show. So really this is still, this is by and large a show meant for the star Wars fans who are, who've been like real keeping up with a lot of it. If you, you haven't, then, it's it's all right, uh, but yeah, I, I like it. I I don't love it, but yeah, that gets us to the other Star Wars show. Because that speaking of animated shows, I, I remember another earlier time I was talking about the the final season of the Clone Wars and just talking just talking about like how intelligently written that show is out of a lot of things Star Wars. How that brings emotion, emotional moments to characters that originally you're like yeah i don't really know but when you see them in the tv show like wow i really feel for them like one of the most powerful moments of that last season was when the clone troop one of the clone troopers had to fight his own brothers because of execute order 66 and all that and you see him kind of crying and it's like what what choice do i have like i'm Either way, I, I'm a I'm a, a uh, murderer of my own or my own brothers. I, they're, they're gonna die anyway. And you just see that quiet moment where Ahsoka just takes off his helmet and he he is crying. And I'm not saying like it's all sad. There's some you know, some humor, some other things going on too, but towards the end of the Clone Wars, it, it goes through a really, really uh heartbreaking part of Something where, like, yeah, this show is so smartly... you Just not even, like, related to Star Wars. Just as a sci-fi fantasy show. It just works after its first two seasons. And same with Rebels. Rebels is really great. So now there's this... uh, Well, not now. There was this other Star Wars animated show that came out, I think, towards the end of the sequel trilogy. But it was basically a series that would go along with this where star wars rebels were was to be like the original trilogy and clone wars were came after the prequel trilogy they're like okay well let's have an animated show that takes place in the sequel trilogy which immediately that's not a excite. well i don't know because the sequel trilogy introduced a lot of cool things that just didn't really come together in my opinion but hey, if you put it in, in the animated show and you get the same exact producer as the Clone Wars, uh, Dave Filoni, who is also the producer of The Mandalorian, so he's been really uh, he's been really knocking it home with the Star Wars shows. So I was like, you know what? I, I got to see this. And maybe this will make the sequel trilogy so much better. And what you have here is you have uh, this pilot named Kaz Leonio leonio or uh okay whatever his last name but kaz is what he's mostly referred to okay yeah kaz and he actually wanted to become just like the resistance he gets recruited off the bat by poe damrian or uh oscar isaac's character who is voiced by oscar isaac in the show like that was something I find interesting is he he went back to reprise his role, but he recruits him to become a part of the resistance because hey, we know the Force First, First Star Order is is rising and there's a new Empire going on because this this show actually takes place over the span of the movies too. There's even certain parts of season one where they show almost like an animated version of a scene from The Force Awakens. So it's like another thing that's happening while that's happening. And so Kaz gets uh, recruited to be a spy for uh, the resistance because they see there's some uh, first order activity possibly happening in this uh, in this uh, little bay called the Colossus. And it's on this planet. It's, all, it's like this little plant that's filled with water, but there's this big space dock that's uh housing so many civilians so many shops it's almost its own little village and it's got its own captain too and, and kaz is kind of this person like man i i want to be a resistance i don't know how i'm gonna go ask my dad for some help and his dad his dad is so mean because at the first episode he comes to his dad and is like dad i need help i I want to be with the resistance i don't know what to do and his dad is like oh kaz always wants everything he you want money you want this you want a car you want girls well not this time you f- figure it out yourself i was like wow so kaz has some daddy issues right off the bat and the whole thing about this is for him to be a spy and this guy is that he's really doing things for the Resistance by being this sort of maintenance mechanic for the bay, for, like, all the pilots, because there's these races that go on around the Colossus, or, space race, or like, people in fighters just to, you know, race each other. And Kaz wants to be an excellent racer, too. He wants to show everybody, man, this is... I am awesome so he even pretends to be or he, he he jokes about hey I'm the best racer ever in the uh in the entire outer rim and there's this guy who uh, which I'll talk about him in a second but there's a guy who uh, niku he learns that he's and he, and he uh, actually thinks he's serious and he tells everybody in the bay about it so Kaz starts off in this series with nobody really liking him or trusting him because they think he's a show-off and he's full of crud because he's really a clumsy elf. And I'll have to say, this, out of all the anime shows that Star Wars has, uh, at least for the main ones, the, the ones that Dave Filoni is about is behind, this is by far the weakest. And part of that is because it spends so much time trying to appeal to little kids. And I get that. You know, at Star Wars, the, the movies, even though technically they do a lot of things that are mainly for kids i mean there's some violent things in in the star wars movies as well so if you want something more kid friendly then okay that that one that's aimed for the little ones because there's there's no death in this show until the 12th episode so they go through like 11 episodes of there will occasionally be action but nobody's like in certain doom Mm. until a certain point in the show and uh, he, they get raided by pirates uh, before the st- the stormtroopers happens the, the pirates keep messing with the colossus and kaz is just trying to uh, prove that he can be the best pilot and also the best uh spy which both the things he's not really the best at and he's trying to work on so there's some little growth uh, at least for him to be the very best at both but the thing that really gets me why this is just for really little ones, not just out of its uh toning down on the violence a little bit, is because the, the jokes, they are so unfunny. Uh, there's a lot of humor that tries to go around this show, sometimes slapstick, and a lot of it is mm. aimed at little kids. There's Even like uh, even burp jokes or fart jokes.
1: yeah I like a good fart joke. Like, well, it's
0: not even a good one. Like, they're they're jokes that you see in every like mediocre kids movie.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, so there's nothing. They're they're a reminder
1: we're all kind of human, you
0: know. No, no, there there's nothing. No, I I hey, you went in the the gaming tadpole. We we discussed a video game that is all about pooping. So I mean, hey, I'm not uh, I'm not against uh, Mm good poop. You no, I'm not kidding. It's a game that teaches you about the importance of pooping by (laughs) using poop, but actually turning them into anime girls. It's called.
1: Wow, (laughs) I love
0: it. And you can download it on your phone for free. Yeah, yeah. Just think about feces, but just think of them as sexy anime girls uh, around i mean
1: i already did think of them that way <laughs> I,
0: no I, I was puzzled when, when i read that like i even have an audio clip i think i put it either on instagram or tiktok where i was just reading that part of the article and i even looked at like oh i'm gonna have a weird time in the bathroom mm, uh, yeah but no not nothing nothing clever here the worst of it though and i could accept this being aimed at the younger ones but there's a couple characters in this show that get on my effing nerves. And for all the people who rant about, like, Jar Jar Binks, both of these characters are worse than Jar Jar Binks, I think. They are they are annoying every single time they're on screen. And the first is what I mentioned earlier, is Kaz's sidekick character, Niku, who's some alien species of the Star Wars world. I, I mean sir let's make some noise i'm a like i'm okay with like i'm really cool with hey more star species let's see what these do but Niku is all about being illiterate and just being really annoying like he will repeat everything everybody says it it'd be if anything Niku is like what's so if someone who is doesn't know anything about autism would think an autistic person is like Cause he, uh, he, he, he takes everything seriously. He doesn't know what humor is. Um, and like when it is humor, he, it's usually something that shouldn't be or whatever, but, uh, he, he, uh, never stops talking. He, uh, there, there's a part where, uh, there, there's, there's a part where I think it's, a I, I forgot his name, but, uh, the lead, the leader of the, uh, Of the uh, management or the uh, maintenance team tells Niku, "Hey, Niku, this is a secret, so I'm gonna need you to keep your mouth shut." And he goes, "Okay, I'm keeping my mouth shut." I'm like, "Oh my god!" He does he does that several times throughout the show. He puts people in danger. Like this is how bad this character is written. He puts people in danger for stupid, like this is the, the, literally this is something that even happens in the show like they're trying to sneak away from the uh empire or the first order they're called because uh, there's some stormtroopers on the the colossus and they're trying to kaz is trying to sneak away a, a, under events and and Nico's like we're getting away i think this plan is working and the stormtrooper's like i hear something over there i'm like God's dang it niku is a problem he's a liability and yet these characters they just accept him. they're like oh niku's niku we still love him you know he's he's our best friend i'm like no this guy keeps trying to get you guys guys killed it, not even just revolving around the stormtroopers. Just it's anything there's a kraken that comes up and attacks the entire colossus does destroying houses uh possibly possibly killing people or trying to kill people all because niku has the kraken's baby and won't give it up and and like this guy puts people in danger not because he's just so dumb even though he's smart at the same time like he's a great mechanic he can build robots and program them but yet he's always making not very bright decisions that are endangering everybody and yet people still the, the colossus they still love him and i i don't think that's great writing the other character that gets on my nerves is they have a black stereotype in this show and oh my god this is a black stereotype like you look at this like this this should not be here even it like especially not in 2020 i think his name is uh uh hope but it's a guy who's the same species as greedo and he he's like shucking and jiving every time he's on screen. AKS oh my gosh oh dog golly you are the greatest writer I've ever seen I'm I'm Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh it's weird because they got two black characters in the show who are voiced by black people and are not stereotypes. But well, there's one alien, because he's alien, I guess that gives him the leeway to just act like a cross between Chris Rock and whatever the heck, maybe, uh, I, I don't know. But it, it's definitely somebody who wants to be Chris Rock and is, is pulling off a re- really kind of a, not not a, a, a kind of a questionable performance. But the most the thing that really gets me is that I'm not really getting attached to these characters too much, like I am to the Clone Wars and Rebels. And, and these sh- these episodes are around thirty minutes long, or less than thirty minutes long. But even that, with Rebels and the the Clone Wars, you get plenty of moments, plenty of quiet moments where you're learning about this character. You're even if it's a character that's only there for one episode, you get an episode devoted to to just discovering that person's life in a way where it seems like wow this is inviting i'm interested to see what's going on here and there's none of that in this show it's just uh, again one goofy side quest after another and a case, and then ramping up to the part where the empire the and, and invades the colossus and they gotta move by that point though that does bring into a very interesting way of making a second season because uh because i I watched both seasons but in the in the second season you have one of kaz's friends uh taz or tam tammy or tam and the thing is kaz is a spy but never told tam everything like kaz would get into so much danger and tam would be there to help and even take part of the head and what happened is tam finds out that kaz lied to him about about being a mechanic that he's actually a spy with a rich family and he and she gets so mad she joins the first order the empire and becomes one of them so you see like these two sides against each other and i think that could have led to something great but it's still dwelling like okay we still gotta make this for kids so let's Mm -hmm. not go too deep into this she's eventually going to uh learn her ways and turn over to the the light side it's not going to go the way you think it will you know everything's gonna be hunky-dory and the villains they're all we they're all uh flat when they bring in the characters from the sequel trilogy you would think okay now we got more time with these sequel trilogy characters we're gonna get some more development you do not get that uh you get oscar Isaac coming and going Yep, that's me. Poe Damrin. Man, aren't I cool? They go on some action set pieces together, a couple of missions, and then he's gone. There is General Hoxie comes in, and he's just there to be an evil general. Kyle Wren actually makes an appearance towards the end of the show, and he's just there to be evil. And uh I think he's voiced by Adam Driver in, in this. I I don't know. The other the character that was advertised though to get more time for you in a way where you're like okay now we get something out of this and that's captain phasma which leading up to the sequel trilogy he was she was gonna be hailed as like oh my gosh this is the coolest imperial general ever and she's gonna be a tough opponent for good guys to face and no she gets thrown in in a dumpster in the first movie and then the second one she goes down like a punk maybe in the show they give her more development no she's again a, a walk-on cameo and instead the main villain is a golden stormtrooper who again is just an evil bad guy uh who also gets his butt kicked and then that, that brings me back to why the empire they're not really that cool to be with like you just don't really see okay you know what i i'd see why i, I would side with the empire so going back to again the stormtroopers being dumb i mentioned that uh one episode a stormtrooper comes up to kaz and goes freeze and then kaz while he, he's inexperienced he just nervously pulls the gun away from uh, the stormtrooper and the stormtrooper just sits there and goes oh crud no uh, i surrender or something and i'm like okay earlier than that though kids knock out a stormtrooper i'm not kidding kids that are kids that are 10 year old 10 years old they beat up a st- <laughs> they beat up a stormtrooper and that becomes one of the episodes oh gosh we knocked out a a, a stormtrooper we gotta do something before the Imperials will find out Oh, like okay should anybody be thrown in by the empire if they're this these are are the soldiers like kids can can beat them up I mean I get it in in, in the original trilogy, they got their butts kicked by like little puppet bears, but that's like another species. But human kids? I, I don't know. But yeah, I give it I give it a low decent because at the very least, there wasn't a time where I was bored. It moves itself fast, and the animation is great. Like it's got the really nice colorful cel shade animation look. But I give it a low decent because some of these characters are just unbearable to watch. And they're main characters that you have to sit through. And it's all of these great things that happen towards the middle of the show that I really would have loved for it to go into something deeper. Kind of like, okay, well, hey, there, there is something to be <coughs> said about, you know, maybe the Empire has a point. Maybe you shouldn't be honest to people. Because that, that's a whole lesson that they try to go through. But for the most part it's just a colorful cutesy star wars show for kids and i guess that's why this didn't really take off just like the uh original show i mean it, it ends in a, what could be a cliffhanger for a season three but i, I don't think anybody is interested in bringing those back so yeah that's uh star wars resistance anyway that is all what we have thank you so much lauren for being a part of this of course and
1: well you thank know, you for I'll, having
0: me on yeah I'll, I'll eventually uh find like another co-host too i'm i'm seeing like what i could do mm-hmm. as i rebrand this to, into something different and then next time i'll, I'll talk about like the, the later episodes of mandalorian and, and there's some other thing maybe there's some christmas stuff that'll happen that i'll talk about but yeah yeah uh, we're in on letterboxd and twitter and all that and this is on Pond several platforms and uh, yada yada and i'll in and Thank you for even mentioning that at the beginning. Uh, I have two events coming up. Uh, Actually, later today is the first time I'm going to have my virtual hangouts public. That's at 630. But December, on December 19th, we are having a extra life holiday rush, as it's called. And what's going to happen is we're going to devote six hours to some more fun marathon uh, time. It's going to start off with us making holiday treats. So it's actually going to be a holiday treats workshop where we're all going to just experiment make our own silly. It could be Christmas cookies. It could be eggnog. It could could be anything holiday themed that brings the joy of Christmas. And then probably like one 30, to, or two, and three, we'll get into some Jackbox games, and then through the rest of the time, it's all uh, viewers' choice, so viewers get to vote on what games we are playing, through the rest, where we hope to get even closer to 10,000, because we reached halfway there to 10,000 for Cooked Children, so this is like a last-minute effort to get some more donations in. So that will be happening on December 19th, and yeah, so uh, until next time, take care. Yeah!